Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Word Balloon, the comic book conversation show. John Suntris here. We got a fast one for you today. Marvel had a telephone press conference all about the clone conspiracy, the new Spider-Man event that is uh, going on. Dan Slott, the writer, Jimmy Chung, the artist. Nick Lowe is editing. There are tie-in books, but only a couple. And uh, this is an opportunity to uh, hear all about uh, what was called Dead No More. They changed the name. Nick explains why they had to change the name in the press conference. Uh, it's a great conversation. The only thing, unfortunately, um, I think we got interference from another uh, conference call because uh, there was uh, uh, you could hear somebody in an office having a one way conversation, laughing and uh, just going on. And it got a little annoying. Um, in fact, even um, Nick even makes mention of it. It happened while I was speaking as well. So I think it was innocent enough. And literally just another conference call that unfortunately was bleeding over. So if you don't mind hearing uh, kind of the it would be like being at a cocktail party and and kind of hearing a little bit, uh, not really understanding what was going on, but hearing another conversation while you were having an intense conversation. You can hear everything fine. But and also it's really good information about the event and uh, the excitement that Dan has over bringing some of these um, former uh, Spider-Man universe characters back to life. In a very different way. Of course, he couldn't go into detail because, you know, he doesn't want to spoil the story. But uh, sounds like it's going to be a great event. And uh, also they stress that um, if you want to follow the event and the uh, what's going on, um, you really have to read The Clone Conspiracy. Amazing Spider-Man will be kind of supporting The Clone Conspiracy and is not the lead book as far as understanding what's going on. Take that for uh, what you will, and uh, that's fine or not fine, depending on the consumer. I got to buy another book to know what the hell's going on. What the hell? Let me save you the breath and uh, just make that exclamation. But, um, you know, I'm a big fan of Jim's. I'm a big fan of Dan's. I think he's one of the best Spider-Man writers ever. I think his tenure kind of shows that because he's writing great stories that we all love. If you're a fan of Superior Spider-Man, it sounds like uh, Doc Ock is going to be part of this story as well. But uh, really sounds interesting. The Clone Conspiracy, as told by uh, Dan Slott and editor Nick Lowe. Let's turn things over to Marvel's uh, PR director, Chris Delandro, to get this press conference started on Word We're going to talk to you guys a little bit about the Clone Conspiracy. Um, long teased, almost upon us. Um, it's been uh, in sort of the, the public eye for about six months now. Um, you know, we're talking about around Free Comics Day. Uh, and... I mean, as far as I understand, it's been it's been uh, in Dan Slott's brain for quite a bit longer. So as we far uh, too long, <laughs> as we approach uh, final order cutoff, which is this Monday, uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about it. And we sent you guys some really beautiful Jim Chung art to show. Um, but yeah, like as I said, I have Dan and Nick with me today, and we're going to be talking a little bit about the first issue and and what to expect. Um, but uh, so Dan, why you got to make Peter Parker's life so hard? Um, oh, you've, you've changed my mind. You'll now get sandwiches. Every book will be about him having a sandwich. A tasty sandwich. It's going to be very, it's going to be smooth sailing from here on out. Oh, totally smooth sailing. Uh, but you know, I wanted to start, uh, with the, with the, the elephant in the room, which is the word clone, um, which is a, a very, very loaded term for, for fans, uh, especially fans of Spider-Man. Um, sometimes a dirty word, but, uh, you know, one, one thing that I think stands out to fans of a certain age is, you know, some of those comics are, are sort of formative, too. So it's certainly very divisive, people on both sides. 
Um, and I know that, you know, we've talked a lot about, about this event, uh, but has that sort of divisiveness sort of factored into your story at all? Has it affected you in the way you're writing it or, or Nick, how it's being edited, things of that nature? It is, it is the, what's the rail you don't want to touch? Is it the third, third. or the fourth? Third. Third. Third? Yep. There you go. Clone is the third rail of Spider-Man. It's the, oh, my God, what are you doing? Why? Why? And that's always the most fun place to be is, is dancing precariously towards the third rail. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we, we know that the word clone, like, makes some Spider-Man fans freak out immediately. Oh, Pavlovian-like. Ah, clones, no! Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, we're totally playing into that. Yeah, and, and, and you know, and we, and we love that aspect of it, like, like Dan said. And I think the other thing is, is it's not just the word clone that dances on the third rail of, of this story. The, the whole story, there's so many parts of it that Dan had to convince me of over the last, you know, two years, like about, you know, about two years ago, so almost, I came into the spider office, and Dan literally started prepping me for this story that long ago, which is pretty nuts uh, to think about. But I know it's been living in, in his head even longer than that. But there's so many elements, I'm like, no, I don't think we can do this story, Dan. No, I, I, I don't think we can do this story. And he just kept, kept at it. Uh, Dan is a persistent, <laughs> persistent man, uh, and he We're wore me down, and I gave in. You know, the word you're looking for is evil. Evil. <laughs> no, you know, you uh, actually – oh, sorry. Go ahead, Dan. Oh, no, go for it. I was just going to say, Nick, Nick brought up something interesting that, you know, it's something that you guys have been working on for about two years. So I know that there have been a lot of sort of overt hints in this current volume of Amazing Spider-Man, but there have been some sort of ground laid for this throughout your entire run, as far as I understand, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, I grew up reading about the Jackal. And I was, this is, this guy should be a big deal. He should be such a major villain in Spider-Man's life. Are you, are you guys hearing that? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. Someone, someone on the line, if you wouldn't mind muting your, uh, mute your phone for us. Let's talk Go ahead, Dan. Oh, no, no. Um, yeah, no, we, um, with, with the Jackal, this is someone, this is like, there's so many aspects about him that just make him the worst, the worst villain you could possibly have. And the first thing being, this is the guy who was your creepy teacher in college, and now he's your villain. That's just terrible. Um, and and then once you add in the fact that the first real time you, you met the Jackal, he was not just cloning you, he was cloning your dead girlfriend. That's super creepy. That's great. That's a fun story. <laughs> well, that, that provides me with a nice segue, actually, into into the Gwen Stacy of it all. Um, so we've we've sort of, you know, he's kind of a classic Jack plot, as you mentioned, to clone clone Gwen Stacy. But this one seems a little different that we've seen floating around. Uh, we saw her in Free Comic Book Day. Um, we'll see her again in Clone Conspiracy. Um, drawn wonderfully by Jim Chung. Um, how can you guys talk a little bit about Gwen here and and how Peter's going to react when he sees her? Sure. First, one more time, I just want to say I think someone on the line. There's a it, there's a woman's voice that the rest of us are hearing. 
So if you could all just take a moment and look down at your phones and make sure you're muted or what is it, star? Yeah, star something. Star or, nine, or, I think it or is. Or just mute on your phone would be great because we're getting a lot of feedback there's, on our There's end. a woman's voice in the background talking about something. So if you could please hit that and then we'll get back to Gwen Stacy. All right, I, I think that's it. I think I think that's the jacket. Evil plan. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it's still back. there. No. Okay. Please. Let's please it. Um, well, one thing that I that I, if I if I may, I would love to. We have one thing to announce here yeah. that we haven't talked about really Go yet, which is oh. uh, in Clone Conspiracy number one. There's a special backup story. Dan, you want to talk about it? Oh, this is this thing's one of my favorites. We, uh, you are going to see a, a backup story drawn. Can we say who's drawing it? Yep. Yeah, go for it. Ah, oh, fantastic. Uh, drawn by legendary uh, Spider-Man artist Ron Friends. That is going to reopen a big part of Spider-Man's history. It's going to show you something that has been hinted at but never seen before. Um, oh. And it's it's a lot about Gwen. Mm-hmm. So seeing Ron draw classic era Gwen uh, in this backup is just it's been a treat. And what's going on in the story will it's going to be a hard hit. So you know, Dan, you mentioned you mentioned Ron Friends, um, and I mentioned Jim Chung um, before. I want to talk about Jim a little bit because we're just showing some of his finished color pages today for the first time, and even a, a really great spread from issue two um, that's in Ooh. black and white. Um, I, you, you've worked with him before. I know he covers for, uh, for Avengers Initiative, Avengers Initiative, yep. but this is the first time I believe you've worked with him interior-wise, correct? This is, yeah, this is the first time I've, I've written a story where, where Jim's drawn interiors, and with with Jim and uh, John Dell and Justin Ponzer, this is some of the finest art of any story I've ever worked on in my entire career. This is a gorgeous book. Marvel has pulled out all the stops for Dead No More Clone Conspiracy. This, while this is going on, this is the core Spider-Man title. This is the book you have to read. You know, there are other books that are going to tie into this, Prowler, Silk, Amazing Spider-Man, but this is the one that you need to have. This is where all the, the biggest shocks and thrills and, and the whole guts of the story, you want to be reading this book. And when you see this Jim Chung artwork, it's not even going to be like that hard of a arm twist to get you to go, oh, maybe you should read this. Look at this. This is gorgeous. Nick, I know that you, we, we talked a little bit about the decision to break this out into its own event, and I, I know that Jim Chung was sort of a big factor in that. So can you talk about that a little bit? Well, I mean, the, the really, the, the biggest factor in, in splitting it out was just because the story got really big, and there were so many great ideas that Dan had of, of story ideas that, that, you were, that just couldn't fit in the main story. Like, there, you know, Dan had so many cool ideas about, you know, supporting characters and creepy, creepy stuff that we, you know, that, that just didn't have room in the Peter Parker, Spider-Man, you know, Miles Warren, Jackal story that Dan was telling. Um, oh, and, this? And we, yeah. we just grew out of there, and that's why we we made it its own series. We made the Amazing Spider-Man issues tie in to that main series, um, 
but yeah, but it, it just got too big. It just got too big for the kind of container we were we were building it towards. And so we, we blew up that container. We got a bigger, shinier container, uh, and we put it in. But I mean, it's funny. You can actually see it in, in Jim's art, like that we uh, the change in plans on this, because like the first couple issues, it's like Amazing Spider-Man 19 and blah blah blah. Before yeah. uh, before we oh on Dan, the tops of the pages, yeah yeah, yeah on before Dan pages. really like we figured out exactly how much story we had. So um, what's What's going to be fun is in Amazing Spider-Man, uh, working with, with Chris Gage, we have these whole done-in-one stories that you're, every issue you read of, of Dead No More, there's going to be some major revelation, some major surprise. And you're immediately going to go, I want to know more about that. And then over in Amazing Spider-Man, we have these done-in-one stories that answer your questions tease you more about what's going on and tell you a really nasty story where I, I when you get to like amazing 22 i think that's going to be one of the biggest gut punch stories in spider-man that we've told in years uh yeah. oh i can't wait for you guys to see what we're doing and and you know looking at advanced covers you're bringing back one of my favorite 90s spider-man villains which is carrion which i, I think I, i'm very yeah. excited about um, I might be the only one. No, Karen. Karen has a big role. Karen has a big role. I, and one of the other things that I that I also want to stress is, you know, we a, a lot of people have have given some grief about the amount of story elements that we have already released. The Gwen Stacy, uh, Doctor Octopus, things like ah. that. <laughs> but I promise you, we have so many surprises up our sleeves as this story goes along that, like. <laughs> That that is only the tip of the iceberg. Uh, yeah, Dan, you oh, do have a history of cracking the internet in half, so I think I think they'll probably uh, be be ready, be out with their pitchforks by the end of this. Um, absolutely, but, sharpening them very hard. But, but like we just mentioned, Doc Ock, and if one of your favorite runs of Spider-Man was Superior Spider-Man, you are not going to want to miss a single issue of this. There. Huh. There are some very big Doc Ocky things that happen. You know, we talked we talked a little bit about the Amazing Spider-Man tie-ins, but uh, I want to jump ahead a little bit. Nick, can you talk a little bit about um, you know what's going to be going on in other tie-ins? We released a checklist today, um, so you can see that uh, the newly launched Prowler book is going to tie in as well as Silk and Amazing Spider-Man. So we covered Amazing Spider-Man a little bit, but I'd like to hear from you sure. about what's going on in Silk and Prowler. Sure. Well, if you've been reading Amazing Spider-Man uh, since our most recent number one. You know, Prowler has been uh, a key part of Peter Parker's plan of, of kind of a global Spider-Man initiative. Uh, Prowler is kind of the Spider-Man that is there when Spider-Man can't be. Um, he, he puts on the suit, he swings around, all that kind of stuff. Well, if you've read Amazing Spider-Man 17, you know that it has not been going all that well for our good friend Hobie Brown. Uh, really devastating thing happens in Amazing Spider-Man 17 that sets up the whole series of the Prowler and what he's doing during the Clone Conspiracy. Uh, you know, spoiler alert here, Hobie died in Amazing Spider-Man 17. Uh, no! And, yep, only to, uh, only to be part of the Jackal's, you know, kind of plan as has been going around. Um, and but he's what, dead! It's true. It's true. But Jackal, with with uh, with some science and a pill taken daily, uh, Prowler is back up and and moving around. Um, Yay! So uh, with Sean Ryan at the at the 
you know, writing it, and then with uh, Jamal Campbell doing the art with a great Javier Salteres layouts. Uh, if you don't know Jamal Campbell, he's been doing a ton of covers for us in the last couple of years. His art is incredible. This will be the first Marvel interior work that he's done. And, ooh, boy, is it good. Um, but they've got a, a, a really kick-ass story there uh, that also picks up on some threads both from Amazing Spider-Man Pest but from the Mark Wade, Chris Somney uh, era of their Daredevil run together as well. Uh, I'll leave that kind of hint out there. But I, Ooh, I, I know what you're talking about. I can't talk. I don't want to talk too much about it, but it picks up from both those places. So super excited about Prowler and Hobie. And when you see where this story takes him and where we go after it, Dan had a, a lot to do with that as well as some, some early ideas of what he was, was going to do with Prowler, um, that, that people aren't going to believe what's going on. As for Silk, Silk is one of my favorite books that we publish. Um, Robbie Thompson, along with artist Stacey Lee, uh, Tana Ford, um, especially the two of the two of them have done such incredible work. Veronica Fish did some work on it as well. But here we've got an arc. We're bringing in artist Irene Sterchowski, uh, and the cool thing about this story is, as you know, Jonah Jameson has been a huge. J. Jonah Jameson has been a huge part of Silk from from the get go, uh, and J. Jonah Jameson is a is a very very big part of the clone conspiracy. You don't know more as you'll see from the Before Dead No More issues of Amazing Spider-Man, but he is a core part. If you've been reading, you know, and this happened back in Amazing Spider-Man 16, so this is a spoiler that's at least a month old at this point, but uh, the Jackal, Miles Warren, brought back uh, JJJ's wife, Marla, who died in one of, one of Dan and artist Marcus Martin's best work together. Um, and, you, brought back, uh, you brought back Marla? No! Yep, we did, we did. Uh, but... She is uh, not the only part of Jonah's family that gets brought back. As you'll see, their deceased adopted daughter, Maddie Franklin, uh, a.k.a. one of the more recent Spider-Women, uh, is back from the dead as well. And that is going to throw Jonah for, you know, throw Cindy Moon, a.k.a. Silk, and Jonah and this whole story into a, a totally new gear um, as Silk gets in on the clone conspiracy fund. You know, we you, you touched on something when you were talking about Prowler. Um, just want to circle back about you know, uh, you know, bringing bringing Hobie back and, and taking a pill uh, every single day to sort of uh, maintain his his status as as living. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about Miles Warren and, and his plan. You know, we we touched on it a little bit. Uh, you know, Jackal plans tend to, to be a little bit more one note throughout the years. Um, he's kind of really stepped his game up a little bit, and uh, it's, it's you know it's very creepy and it's very sinister and it's very different, um, especially in terms of new you and and all the the cloning procedures. Can you guys talk a little bit about what he's sort of up to and what his end game is here and how how? Oh, absolutely not. This isn't this isn't the 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 clone like obviousness. It's the clone conspiracy. There's a conspiracy. Things are happening. Evil, evil things. Um, this is all about, you know, in the past, Miles Warren has worn a green fluffy suit, and he's cloned many Spider-Men and many Gwen Stacys, and that's kind of been it. <laughs> yeah. I, now he's, he's kind of elevated himself. He's, he's not really thinking it more of cloning, 
but really bringing people back from the dead. And we see him wearing the the Anubis helmet, the uh, the jackal god of ancient Egypt of life and death. So this is he's he's on a bit of a power trip. He's diversifying his portfolio. Yeah. Well, and wouldn't you be if you could bring people back from the dead? I sure would, Dan. I sure would. (laughs) Fair enough. So I'll I'll uh, I'll ask one one sort of question, which we touched on very briefly before we open it up to press. But you know, simmering throughout your run, um, you know, following Spider Verse and Superior Spider Man has been this you know sort of looming threat of Doctor Octopus. And I know I think we can we can say that next week's Amazing Spider Man 18 is a big yeah. brain issue. Correct? I cannot wait for everyone. As, yep, as you see on the cover, it's got uh, Spider Man and Anna Maria on the run from the living brain with a big kind of ghosted figure of Otto Octavius and octopus arms in the background. I cannot wait for people to read this issue. I'm so scared of talking about anything and spoiling any of the incredible bits of it. Um, that, people, uh, who've been reading, people who've been reading Amazing uh, since the relaunch know that Otto Octavius's brain has been living in the living brain. He, he's been there <laughs> since issue one of the relaunch, waiting, planning, scheming. Um, this is the result of that. The, it's long simmering, long brewing, uh, very much a long game. And if you're a fan of Superior Spider-Man, you cannot miss Amazing 18. That's perfect. I'll, I think I'll leave it at that and uh, not press you for any more juicy details. But uh, I, I'm going to open it up now to um, some press questions. But we've got some time, so we'll probably go around at least twice. Um, but we'll start with uh, with Marvel.com. Hello, gentlemen. Can you hear me? Is this working? Yep. Yeah. You're good. All right. Great. Uh, uh, we have a question from a fan about just how big the cast for this will be, and uh, he's wondering how new reader-friendly it will be since he hasn't read uh, the totality of the epic, some would say hot mess, that was the Clone Saga. <laughs> well, I'll, let me jump in first, Dan, before, before you do. So we are, we're sending Clone Conspiracy 1 off to the printer uh, this week. And uh, we're just going over, like, the my, like the details, like the recap page and things like that. And as after reading, you know, one another time through the issue, I, I, we spend very little time on the recap page recapping much because Dan made it so reader-friendly as you jump into this issue. Uh, there's, we give a little bit of review of, of what this volume has been, but for the most part, Dan covers it really, really well in this first issue. Yeah, we, I, we even go old school with some of the little tiny uh, yellow boxes. We are going to hold your hand and walk you through this. <laughs> Everything will be fine. Uh, all, you can jump in, bam, with Clone Conspiracy 1. Perfect. And just jump right in, and, and then we'll hurt you. <laughs> we're, we're not going to hurt you with continuity. We're going to hurt you with feels. It's like a pool where the sharks aren't quite visible just from a glance. But they're really but they're, not con- they're, not, they're not continuity sharks. They're actual sharks. They will hurt you. Uh, and, John, and oh, sorry, sorry, just just the first part of the question, also, which was just how large the cast will be. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. it's quite large. 
Uh, I mean, it's, it's Peter Parker's story, but a lot of your favorite supporting cast from, from Dan and his awesome artists like Amberto Ramos and Giuseppe Camicoli and Ryan Stegman from all that run, like the, uh, a lot of this takes place in San Francisco. I think I can safely say, and that's where Horizon University is. You get some good Max Modell, Arabella Fish, so on and so Fox. forth. Okay. But you're also uh, if you're a if you're a Spider-Man fan from way back, uh, it, no matter when you started Spider-Man uh, in the 50 years, one of the things about Spider-Man, it, it, sadly, is that so many people die, <laughs> so many people die in this book, and we're bringing people back. So if you're someone who died in the pages of Amazing Spider-Man, you might be coming back. Good answer. Uh, John, we're going. Hey, guys. Um, Dan, I always appreciate when you are in charge of an event, and I think you uh, find a lot of uh, new things to say about these characters, uh, whether it's been Spider-Verse or uh, Spider-Island. But uh, And by the way, I just want to point out, because I can hear the woman right now, that is not on my end, so I don't know what the hell's going on. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's another conference that's bleeding over or something. But anyway. Um, no, my question is, uh, coming back to these characters that are coming back from the dead, um, I imagine, you know, do you find, you know, is it easy for you to kind of find new things to say with these characters? And, I mean, I'll, uh, you know, say, I mean, obviously we know Gwen is in there, but, like, Uncle Ben or some of these others that have, you know, been represented in, say, a Spider-Verse, but now uh, coming back from the dead instead. Uh, Nick, you got this one. <laughs> yeah, I can. I can take it. D Dan, Dan is really good at that, and, and I think one of the things that you'll see is, especially, we already mentioned this backup story that we just announced on this call uh, that deals with Gwen. I mean, Gwen spent a lot of time. You know, I mean, she didn't come in for what is it, issue thirty-one or something like that, Dan, that she first showed up in. Not. Yep. Not till the college years. Yep. Not till. Not till Peter went to college. And then she's there and, and, and bopping around until 121 when she, when, uh, when she passed away. But she was written in a very different time. And so one of the cool things is getting a little bit more of, through a, a little bit more modern lens of Gwen Stacy and who she is. And, uh, and it, it's been really, really great to read that and get to, to dive in her, not just as Peter Parker's uh, number one gal, Gwen Stacy. You know, it, it, this is a Gwen Stacy uh, a, a very fascinating character in her own right, aside Spider-Man, and and like just like that, you'll see other characters that have been brought back as well through through a similar. I just want to take a second to to point out that we can, if if anyone is out there, could you guys please mute your lines? We're still getting a lot of feedback on our end, so getting getting louder actually. Um, uh, George, Newsarama. So, Dan, you touched on this earlier, talking about the Clone Saga as kind of the third rail of Spider-Man comics. Is there kind of a drive in uh, the Clone Conspiracy to sort of redeem the idea of Spider-Man and clones to show that that this is a story you can tell and this is an area of his history that you can touch on without without shocking yourself to death? <laughs> This is a really good question when, on the other side. <laughs> You'll have to tell us how we did. Um, 
I think, you know, one of the fun things I've had, one of the fun times I've had working on this book um, is, is picking up characters that people haven't considered to be a big threat or characters that might have only appeared a few times that people go, oh, it's so good to see them again, whether it's Cardiac or Stunner or Phil Urich, that just taking these characters and going, what, you know, what new spins can we do with them? How can we bring them back? And if you're a character in Spider-Man and you've had a good run, You've had some of the best no. writers and artists working on you. So, of course, you're somebody's favorite. Everybody is somebody's favorite out there. Um, and we, we've had so much fun with the Jackal, uh, especially during Spider Island, that it's, it's fun to look at what he's doing now and to take that stepping stone of cloning, mad scientist, uh, and just running with it in a, in a completely new direction. That everything is open. That anything could happen. Hey guys, uh, excited to uh, for the story. And you know, we kind of keep hearing about uh, you know how long this has been in your mind, Dan. But I'm kind of curious. You know, like I mean, you know, how long has it been going? Because you look back at stuff, you know, even thematically with you know some of the issues that really dealt with death. And, you know, when Spider-Man, you know, wanted no one to die around him. And then stuff like, you know, Rhino and his apparent death. And it seems like, you know, this really has been uh, years. Is it a matter where something kind of, you know, story threads kind of helped fit this? Or is it really like a, a clear plan that you've had for uh, all this time? It, it, is, it is very much a crazy threaded conspiracy theory wall. In my house, going, and then, you know, it's it's not as bad as Jonathan Hickman, like when he came in and walked everybody through his the entirety of his Fantastic Four run on on his first day at his first retreat, and everyone looked at him like, you're gonna hit all of that, <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna do that. Um, I've kind of been in the same boat where I, you know, my first day. Um, having a meeting back then with Steve Wacker when I was uh, going to take over the book solo, I brought this yellow legal pad and I started like walking him through the first six months of big time. And then the next six months and then the next six months. And he grabbed the yellow legal pad from what uh, grabbed it away from me at one point, And he just kept flipping through it and flipping through it. And he's like, Oh my God, we're not going to get through all this in one lunch. And it, yeah, so there's been there's been stuff that's been long brewing and stuff that I've always wanted to get to, um, and it's fun to hit that. Uh, Jesse, IGN. So a big part of your run from the beginning has been this idea that Peter's obsessed with saving everyone, uh, regardless of how unrealistic that goal is. Is that something that's going to be a big focus in this story? Absolutely. Um, the. It's it's kind of weird because we live in a world where um, if you live in the Marvel Universe and you're a superhero where you can make these broad, impossible proclamations, you know, and they can be your whole reason for being. You know, you can, you can live by the mantra of with great power must also come great responsibility. And for 50-plus years of Spider-Man, that has led this character on paths of of tremendous guilt <laughs> over everything. And when, by the time I got to come onto the book as the writer, 
there were graveyards filled with Spider-Man supporting cast. And to have one more key member, and at that point it was uh, Jonah's wife, Marla, pass away. The very next one, he just goes, no more. You know, I'm Spider-Man. I can do anything. I have these amazing powers. I, I, can, I can fix this. And we've watched over, over the years of this run how that no one dies kept changing because he had to become more realistic. Then it kind of became no one dies when I'm around. No one dies on my watch. And at the beginning of this run as Spider-Man, he's, when he's talking to Mockingbird in Shanghai, he's even kind of grown up a bit. And he's dialed it back, and he's made it kind of like a very realistic goal. And how he's going to approach this and, and stay true to his mantra. And an adventure like this, it blows that all out of the water. If suddenly you can literally snap your fingers and bring someone back, what does that do to someone like Peter Parker? Marvel.com. Oops, sorry guys, I'm here. So it's Strami here, and I'm going to ask a question purely for me. Uh, <laughs> I, I can where feel is, where this one. Where is the shocker in all this, and when will he take his place as Spider-Man's ultimate big bad? <laughs> the shocker will take his place as the ultimate big bag, uh, big bad, probably around the time of Spider-Man Homecoming, because we're whores. <laughs> now, now, Dan. <laughs> I don't know. No, come on, it's the shocker. I've been very guilty of using him as a, um, uh, you know, someone to job when when Spider needs to be. Uh, yeah, and and Herman's been very fun that way. But you look at all the amazing work that um, they did over Superior Foes. Uh, next time we see him, we better do something really awesome with Herman. That's, John, that's exactly what I want to hear, Dan. John, we're blue. Uh, talk about uh, working with Jim Chung, both of you, because uh, I'm a longtime fan, and I'm glad that uh, he's as involved as he is in this event. Yeah. Every, every time you get a page in from Jim, it's you, you lose you know a good hour of your day because you just stare at the page. You just stare at it and go, he just turned in uh, some stuff from issue three today. And it's so hard not to just go, you know, be a be a moth heading towards the light. Because <laughs> everything yeah. Jim draws is so gorgeous. I mean, he's, he's one of the, uh, like, perfect Marvel artists. I think I talked about this before in an interview or something like that. But to me, like, in my book, there are people whose work just exemplifies Marvel, whose characters have this gravitas and they and this aspirational quality to them and I, it's people like uh, you know of course you've got you know Jack Kirby and and, and uh, Steve Ditko big time but for me like you know John Romita Sr. for so long was like the Marvel artist and then like Mike Zeck with Secret Wars and these you know these times that we go through I think Jim is very much a modern version of, of, of that for us and so to get him to draw this it feels historic. It feels timeless. It feels classic, and uh, and it pairs so well with like this 
very hardcore but but strange story that Dan is telling along along with him. But Jim, his art is just incredible, and he puts such so much of his heart and his soul into it. And you can see it on the characters' faces and their in their eyes and their expressions. Um, his Gwen Stacy is fantastic, and his oh, Doctor Octopus. Yeah. That, that's one of the great joys of this is if you're a Jim Chung fan, you've seen him draw the Avengers. You've seen him draw Adventures in Space like in Infinity. You, you've seen him draw all you know these different corners of the Marvel Universe. And this is Jim in the Spider-Man section. <laughs> this yeah. is Jim, you know, oh, every time you see a new character that hasn't appeared in the book yet, and it's a classic Spidey character or a classic Spidey villain or, or modern day. It's just, oh, now I get to see Jim Chung draw them. So if you're a Spider-Man fan and a Jim Chung fan, you have just hit the, the Venn diagram of awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's just so cool. And his, his I got to say, his Dr. Octopus in all his chubby glory, and by chubby, I don't mean Jim. He's a very trim, fit man. But uh, but his Dr. Octopus is just, he looks so right. He just looks right. Uh, George, Newsarama. So, so far, we've seen a lot of people come back from the dead as clones. We've seen a lot of people waiting to be cloned. We know some people will be cloned. But as you said, this is the clone conspiracy, not the clone obviousness. I know how you're going to answer this, but I have to ask anyway. Is there anyone in Spider-Man's life and Peter Parker's life that he may not realize is already a clone, that we don't even realize is already a clone? Is that coming down the pike? Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) I think we could probably leave it at that. That's a good good question. Uh, Make sure when you you transcribe that, it's a very small, maybe, very small font. Draw that A out a lot. High-pitched maybe. Uh, Albert, I'll take your signal improvement. Yeah, you know, uh, for both Dan and Nick, you know, just kind of more of a thematic thing, you know, I mean, you start to think about, you know, the scenes Dan's been playing with and have been prevalent um, in Spider-Man, you know, since the beginning, and, you know, a lot of it is about death. And then you think about, well, a lot of superhero characters have, you know, death related to their origins and their motivations, but is there something about Spider-Man that, you know, death is more of a part of him than, than other superheroes. There's something kind of intrinsically uh, uh, kind of morbid about his adventures that maybe uh, isn't isn't obvious from uh, from the uh, exterior. From from the moment he was created, the thing about Spider-Man was, and it, and it really encapsulates the the Marvel ethos of Marvel is the world outside your window. You know, Mar you know Spider-Man stories, they're not set in. Gotham or Metropolis, they're in New York, they're in Queens, they're in Brooklyn, they're in places that you can go and touch. And Spider-Man as a character, he's not uh, some modern-day god. He's the person you know, the person down the street. Um, and we can, we can do crazy things to Peter. We can make him a fish out of water and have him run his own corporation. We can make him a movie star tomorrow. We can do the craziest things to him, and he's always going to react the way people you know react. There's something so human about Spider-Man, and one of the things we all go through is we all lose people. It's the most human thing of all, is that you know, 
one you, that you have that isn't here anymore. And no one can feel that the way Spider-Man feels it, because Spider-Man, on some level, Spider-Man is you. So, yeah, everyone who gets aboard writing the book, they're going to channel that part of their life in it, too. And with it comes so much tragedy for Peter Parker. Uh, and you're, we're going to delve into that. Jesse, IGN. So uh, this story is coming on the heels of another big Marvel event, and I'm curious whether anything that happens to Peter in Civil War II kind of feeds into uh, here and his experiences and uh, how he reacts to this uh, this new conflict. Well, you know, it, it's it's all part of the grander story, and part of it is like you know we're starting this before Civil War II ends, so. Uh, this will be another case where you have to wait until both are done to see exactly how they fit into each other. Um, I, I, I'd have to say there, but, um, but yeah, so that's it. Uh, Marvel.com. Uh, hey, guys. You know, every time we're – Obviously, Peter has, you know, feelings about clones, given all his past experience with them. But will you sort of be playing out with the range of people's reactions in terms of maybe some people are huge fans of this, maybe some people aren't? Sort of where is everyone who isn't Peter standing with the idea of like, hey, my loved one could come back magically? That is something you're going to have to read the book to find out. <laughs> but uh, I think the way to look at it is how would you feel? And is this something that you would like to take advantage of? And then ask that of any Spider-Man character. John, we're balloon. I think more questions for me are going to come as I read it, so I'll pass. But thank you. Uh, George, news are on. Kind of playing off the last question that was asked, really what's stopping Peter from simply embracing this idea? A great question. That's a really good question. <laughs> it it it's a uh, answer for himself too. This is yeah, it it, it oh, <laughs> This is what the book's about. <laughs> You're going to have to wait. You nailed it. You nailed it. That was a great question. Um, uh, Albert, CBR. Are there any other uh, classic Spidey artists other than Ron Friends uh, as part of this? Uh, only, you know, there, we have a current classic who's drawing the Amazing Spider-Man issues, which is Giuseppe Camuncoli, uh, or Camuncoli, uh, who, you know, has been off and on with Dan for the last, what is it, four years, five years, something like that? Um, yeah. And he's been our anchor on this entire volume and much of the last one, a big part of Superior. Uh, you know, he's one of our, you know, core Spider-Man artists. And, he is my uh, rock. Yep, yep. He's, he's doing fantastic work on the oh, wait, entire... Oh, wait, wait, you guys see 18? Oh, wait, no, no, not, not uh, 19. When 19 is one of our biggest gut punch issues of Amazing that we've told in some time. And the storytelling that Giuseppe puts in there, oh, uh, uh, like, 
it, I mean, you it's going to hurt and, you. And one of the craziest things about him, I, he is – I, I don't know why more people – he's not more people's favorite artist. Maybe he is. They just don't really think about it. Because, I mean, he – not only is his work so incredibly detailed, so powerful, and so cool, but he's also, like, he has been your core Spider-Man artist for, the, like, you know, we, we ship this book a lot. And he has drawn, it'll what, it'll be 15 of the, of the first 19 issues of this volume, something like that. That's unheard of. It, and the quality yeah, and he, of work to go with that is just unbelievable. He kills himself to get this yeah. book out. He uh, and it it shows on every page. He's oh, he's so good. Um, with, with with other classic Spidey artists, you are going to see some. Um, we just I just saw a uh, a variant cover today, which had a, a Spidey legend drawing. Yeah, so. Mark Bagley's doing a bunch of variant covers for us. Uh, that are incredible. That's the one that Dan's talking about that I just spoiled for you. Um, the uh, we got a bunch of great variant cover artists and stuff like that. But on the on the interiors, it, it's mainly like you know we this is a tight tight story. So you got Jim Chung on your main event book, the book that you cannot miss, the book that you need to make sure you let you call your local retailer and put that on your pull list. Um, we got Giuseppe Camuncoli on the Amazing Spider-Man tie-in issues. We've got Jamal Campbell and Javier Salteras on Prowler. We've got Irene uh, Strakowski on uh, on the Silk issues, and if, if she just did some Gwen, amazing Gwenpool issues as well. Uh, but it's 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 a really fantastic tight event um, that we cannot wait till you can see. All right, I think we got time for maybe one more. Um, Jesse, IGN, you have a question? Take us home. Yeah, so when the series was first revealed earlier in the year with that teaser campaign, it was referred to as Dead No More, and at some point it became the Clone Conspiracy instead. And is there a significance for that title change? Did Clone Conspiracy just have a better ring to it, or uh, did it? does that kind of reflect your changing ideas for the story? Well, I'll jump on this, Dan, if you don't mind. Um, I'll go for it. it. Mainly, like, in this day and age, it is so hard to keep stories secret. It is so hard to keep story elements as surprises. Not only does the Internet make discussing it with your friends really, really easy and make the dissemination of ideas really, really easy and, and fast, almost too easy. So we wanted to make sure, because when we started talking about this, it was before we, we revealed that the man in red that Dan's been planting since the beginning of Amazing Spider-Man uh, number one uh, of the most recent volume, that, that he's the jackal, that it's, you know, Miles Warren, the jackal. And, uh, and and so that's why we started with calling it, you know, Dead No More. This That was our kind of, like, teaser. That was our kind of, like, uh, priming the pump before we, you know, revealed it was the jackal. And that's when, like, at that point, once you know it's a jackal, you know there are clones involved. And so that was the point that we were ready to, you know, unveil the full title, you know. Yeah, if you can think, Dead about, no more if you can think about the yeah, if you can think about the timeline of when we told people about Dead No More, if we had said Jackal then, it, it would have tipped our hand. Yeah, and, and just to jump in from a from a sales perspective, you know, we've Dan's been teasing teasing the story out, uh, you know, more regularly in his current volume of Amazing Spider-Man. Then there was also the free comic book day story, and then a number of other things. So it just it, it we didn't want to tip our hand too early, basically. Um, um, yeah, I mean, I, go ahead, Dan, sorry. 
Yeah, uh, be- before we wrap, I, I, one of the biggest points, and we just got to put it in neon lights, is if you're a Spider-Man fan, um, you really need to uh, – it's, it's not something – if you want to make sure you're reading this story, please put it on your pull list. Um, don't want to get to a point where you get to the store and <laughs> it's not enough dead to war. Um, so I'll shut up. Yeah, because reading Amazing Spider-Man isn't enough. You will not get the story in Amazing Spider-Man. The core story, story isn't dead no more. And no more of the clone conspiracy. So, yeah. All right, awesome. That, that is all the time we have for today. But, Dan, thank you for taking an hour out of your day to chat with us. And, Nick, you as well. I know you guys are both very busy. Um, but, yeah, so that's it. Uh, uh, clone conspiracy number one is going to be on sale uh, October the 12th. But, uh, you know, if fans out there are, are anxious about it, I would definitely encourage them to check with their retailers before Monday uh, and pre-order the first issue. Um, Jim Chung uh, and then Ron Friends has also got a Gwen Stacy back up in the first issue. Um, and uh, it, it looks really, really gorgeous. So I hope you guys all check it out when it comes out on the 12th. Um, yeah, and uh, and we're, we're, I think we're sharing with all of you wonderful press people some images, some color images from number one, some inked images from number two. And some pe- and a pencil page from number three. No, we're no, not. I, well, we, oh, we would like to. I think I got. I think I. I, I wanted to, but I think uh, someone said no. They said, "Wait, Nick, wait." But you know, we did share the cover to number three. Okay. though. First, okay. first, uh, first look at Gabrielle Delotto's uh, amazing cover for number I three. thought I found All one page. I thought I found one page from number three that didn't spoil something, but I must have missed something. All the blood uh, just left my body when you said that. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. Thank You're you, Chris, welcome. for stopping that. You're welcome. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so uh, issue one is out October 12th. Um, I hope you guys all check it out. Uh, and thank you guys all very much for taking the time to chat with us today. And thank you, Dan. Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you guys all very soon. Dan Slott and Nick Lowe talking about the clone conspiracy, new from Marvel, uh, that is uh, starting next month. And uh, hope you enjoyed today's press conference. Hope you enjoyed today's word balloon. More coming in the days ahead. I've got more than a dozen podcasts and panels from Cincy Comic-Con to bring you in the next few days, and I want to get them out to you uh, you know, in a, in a timely manner because some of them are time-sensitive. But uh, you know, I, I thought uh, this one will get, out, get this press conference out there and give you a chance to listen to it straight from the horse's mouth, both horses, Dan and Nick. So I hope you enjoyed it, and uh, more coming. Uh, keep listening. Any questions or comments about Word Balloon, Reach me via email, john at wordballoon.com. Uh, you can follow me on Facebook under my name, John Suntress, under the Word Balloon Network, and on Twitter, at John Word Balloon. And I'm on Instagram. Word Balloon is on SoundCloud now, all the fresh episodes, and also YouTube. Uh, they, you know, It's just the audio and the Word Balloon logo, but there I am for everyone to listen to. So, uh, and people are doing it, so that's lovely. Uh, and this show uh, will be another example of that. But uh, So come to WordBalloon.com, though, to make sure that you hear every episode. In the meantime, thanks for listening. Word Balloon is a copyright feature of Shaky Productions, copyright 2016.